The Tea Health Show, your medical lifestyle podcast, brought to you by The Tea Clinic. Good morning, I'm Dr. Mark, this is The Tea Health Show, and today we're going to talk about IV nutrient therapy, what you should know, what the pitfalls are, and what are the benefits of this novel treatment. In studio, I have Sister Elise van Aert. Morning, Elise. Good morning. And as always, our lovely, vivacious, um, plaid-clad uh, producer, some Peewee. Sim, she looked very sexy this morning. Thank you. It is spring, so hey. Well, today <laughs> doesn't feel like spring to me. It feels a little, it's a little bit chilly today. The sun will come out later. (laughs) So, guys, um, Elise, we decided to talk about IV nutrient therapy because um, it's something that we basically use routinely in our practice. But I also think it's important that we talk about it to dispel some of the myths um, and to highlight some of of the dangers um, about IV therapy. What I think what, we need to start with why did IV therapy become so popular and when? Well, you know what, I think if we look at today's society, it's all about instant gratification. Now, um, so often on our program we we talk about uh, gut and you know that's almost where I want to start. So what we need to understand is if I take uh, my normal diet um, with the way things are today, all our foods are fortified with vitamins and minerals and things like that. For one specific reason, we didn't get enough in, in our diet. And many years ago, it started becoming popular to start taking oral supplementation like vitamins and trace elements and minerals, um, for one specific reason, we started seeing nutrient deficiencies, especially in our children. And this is twofold, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that our quality of uh, nutrition have changed. And secondly, because our guts have changed. And... We need to understand that your gut is a gatekeeper. Um, It keeps us from ingesting harmful substances um, by one simple mechanism. If you take something in that the body doesn't want or that's harmful for the body in oral form, you can vomit it out. Yeah. And that is incredibly important. I think um, IV nutrient therapy came about um, around about in the 1960s. Um, It was spearheaded by uh, a Dr. Meyer, um, he was a physician that practiced in Baltimore in the United States. And he started seeing the benefit of using vitamins and minerals directly administered into the bloodstream for people 
that had problems absorbing oral medication. Um, and a simple explanation or a simple example of this, for instance, is if you have a, a, a cold or a flu mm-hmm. and you go to the doctor or you have a little bit of an infection, they will give you medication, oral medication. Am yes. I right? Yes, yes, yes. And um, if we think about something like um, uh, one of the most popular ones that I think most people would have encountered, it's Augmentin. And it would be given usually in a dose of 1,000 milligrams twice a day. But if you are really, really sick, they take you to hospital and they give you your medication intravenously. And the simple reason for that is if you pop your antibiotic, you know what, only a certain amount of that medication is absorbed through the gut. Mm -hmm. Now, think about having a condition that affects the gut. You have a bad gastroenteritis or an enteritis or, um, um, you know, it's some kind of colon infection. If you take that tablet and your gut is not happy, you're either going to vomit it out or, you know what, you're going to have diarrhea and so you see work. half of your tablet coming out in the toilet. Okay. And um, that points to the fact that your gut is a gatekeeper. It allows certain things in in a certain quantity. If it's too much, you're going to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But when it's intravenously, you know what, it's immediately available. There's something else that we need to remember when we take something orally. Um, as we absorb it, it absorbs into the bloodstream. But mm-hmm. before it gets to any of the target organs, it goes through your liver. And the liver takes about 50% of the active ingredient and immediately um, metabolizes it and inactivates it. We call it the first bypass through the liver. Mm -hmm. And um, you know what? That doesn't happen with with IV medication. There's a reason why we sometimes give a suppository to a baby instead of orally because of that protective function that your liver has uh, when something gets absorbed out of a rectum mm-hmm. you bypass some of the gatekeepers and with IV therapy you know what the gatekeeper is completely removed so I, I think that's one of the reasons why we started seeing um, the use of intravenous nutritional supplementation. Okay. And then my next question is, what is the rate of availability of these micronutrients in the body if it gets given intravenously? 100%. 100%. Okay. Yeah. And um, is there a risk of overloading the body? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, Elise, this is one of the things that uh, I would love to get across mm-hmm. to people. The moment that you give any kind of medication Mm -hmm. intravenously, 
whether it's a vitamin or whether it's a Schedule 6 painkiller, mm. it can only be prescribed by a medical doctor and administered under supervision from a medical doctor. So if you are in hospital, the doctor would come in and he would write a prescription or he'd write on his notes and he'll give a direct instruction to the nursing staff, okay, this patient needs this medication administered into an intravenous drip. Now, Elise, you worked with doctors in hospitals for so many years. And as a, a, a registered nurse, you guys could do primary health care, prescribing uh, medication up to a Schedule 4, that's usually your antibiotics. Um, <clears throat> and you could do that on your own. Yeah. But the moment that you put even vitamin C in, an, in, in a drip and you put that into a patient's arm, it by law, medical law, it requires that a medical doctor had to prescribe it. And um, the risks that we have with IV nutrient therapy or with any kind of intravenous administration, whether it's just saline or whether it's, it's drugs or nutrients, is that there are dire uh, risks and complications so if you don't understand the patient's underlying medical condition. So that's my next question. Um, and not everybody can just decide this is what you need. Uh, you so need I just to, can't walk into like no, the clinic and be like, this is what I want to get. The risk is too high in the sense, I think Dr. Mark can explain it. The person that puts up your drip mm -hmm. doesn't know your medical history, doesn't know your fam fam family history, doesn't know your mm. surgical, what diseases you have, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Am I correct, Dr. Mark? Absolutely. So, Sampiwi, let's, let's take a simple example. Mm -hmm. Why would you go into um, a, one of these intravenous bars? Mm -hmm. Why would you go in there? What, what are you doing there? Well, from what I've seen on social media, I, I, <laughs> I would be going in there either because I'm overstressed and, you know, I'm completely like deflated and I just want something to kind of boost me and still get to the office. So something that's quick and... Okay. So what I'm reading between the lines is I'm tired. Yes. Okay. And I want a quick fix. That's okay. so I get this and then I still get to go to the office and operate like superwoman. Okay. So let's, let's do this. Mm -hmm. You are tired and you've been feeling tired for a while. Yes. Why are you feeling tired? Do you know? Uh, I'm looking at the fact that maybe I'm not sleeping. So Hypothetically. Yes. I'm looking at the fact that I'm not sleeping. I'm stressed about work. Okay. Petrol's gone up again. You so know. <laughs> you're talking about stress. So someone yes. with battles with chronic fatigue and may go into one of these um, IV bars or mm. intravenous therapies. Which I is don't like in like a shopping center. It's yes. So, yes. It's so convenient as well. You don't know that you are starting to go into heart failure or your kidneys are starting to go into failure. And the symptoms of those things can be as simple 
as you're feeling tired. Hmm. And now I give you yes. intravenous fluid and I overload your heart sure. or I overload your kidneys in the name of I'm going to give you micronutrients to address this condition. And what I do is I put you over the edge. So do you get that? Um, you cannot mm. go in and just ask for a drip mm. because what is the underlying condition? And you know what? If you walk into a place where you look at a board and say, I want that. It's like ordering at your drive-thru yeah. uh, a Big Mac. Um, and actually, in the Big Mac, there is nuts, and you have a nut allergy. And you eat your Big Mac, and you go into anaphylaxis, or you have an allergic reaction. The person who gave you the Big Mac, mm -hmm. is it his responsibility to know that you have a nut allergy? Hmm. So, and this is the problem that you have with <coughs> intravenous medication because if you are allergic to shellfish, you're going to vomit them out. Yeah. But if I give it to you intravenously, you're going to have an exasperated, immediate allergic reaction and going to anaphylaxis. Sure. Now, what, what do you think is the most common supplement that we take orally? Um, I don't know. Oh, vitamin C. Okay. okay. So there's a condition. It's called um, PD6. G6PD. Yeah. Um, it's a genetic mutation mm -hmm. where high doses of vitamin C causes rupture of your red blood cells. Hmm. So I can give you vitamin C orally because you're only going to absorb a small little amount mm -hmm. of that. But if I give you a small dose of vitamin C directly intravenously and you have this condition, you will start bursting all your red blood cells and you will be bleeding. Well, not bleeding. You will literally start dying because your red blood cells are literally breaking apart. And you know what? This condition is fairly common and if you haven't tested for it and you walk into a, a, a nutrient bar mm -hmm. and the basis of most IV new, um, cocktails yeah. contains high doses of vitamin C mm. um, you know what for medical doctors we study for at least nine years Yes, and you know what now we general practitioners for us to be able to do intravenous nutrient therapy, if you want to do it right, you have to study further. You have to do a diplomas in it. 
et cetera, et cetera, because things can go wrong. It's not only understanding what the patient requires, mm -hmm. you know, but that's the GP side of things, the general practice side of things. But it's managing the complications that can arise from this. Um, if you've ever seen a patient going into an anaphylactic reaction, it's one of the most scary things that we have in medicine because the patient will die under your hands if you don't know what you are doing. It requires advanced um, training. We call it advanced life support. Um, in managing a critical condition. And you know what? I, we've seen this. People have died in some of these intravenous bars um, because they were given something that the people administering the, bar, um, the IV didn't ask or the patient himself wasn't aware of. Sure. But like with that being said, I mean, it is a growing trend. I've I've seen quite a few uh, stores in the shopping centers, right? So should I be walking in and then asking the people that actually have those bars open to be like, what are your qualifications? You know, um, should I be doing this? Should I not be doing this? Okay, so let's make it very easy. Yes. Like we said earlier, for you to receive any kind of substance intravenously, it needs to be prescribed by a medical doctor. Okay. And the medical doctor and the medical doctor needs to be on site. So if you walk in and there's a nurse mm -hmm. and the doctor is not there, mm -hmm. she by medical law cannot prescribe medication for you or supplements for you that she can safely put into your system. Does that answer your question? Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, it's so the problem that we are, that we have as medical practitioners is we are governed by medical law. <clears throat> we are all registered healthcare providers and we are registered with the Health Professions Council of South Africa mm -hmm. with its own set of laws and ethics. Mm -hmm. Now, someone who's not a medical doctor mm -hmm. can open one of these stores. And um, here we're looking at uh, so many of them, mm. IV bars, blah, 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 blah. And they're owned by business people. Yes. With no medical training. Now, because they are not medical practitioners, they are not registered with the Health, Care, uh, Health Professions Council of South Africa. Therefore, they don't have to abide by medical law. Hmm. They are governed by the law. Yeah. And these loopholes in that, they get away with us. So mm -hmm. from a medical legal perspective, you know what? The doctor needs to be on site. He needs to see you and he needs to prescribe your medication for you individually. You cannot pick it from a menu. Okay. 
Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Okay. It does. There's a big difference between a patient who's seen by a doctor and a customer who asks for something from a menu. Okay. And that's the difference. Yeah. So let's get to the, the risks of IV therapy. We mentioned one or two already, but um, I think what we need to go into is you spoke about vitamin C, but vitamin C has other risks as well if it's been given in high dosages. I'm um, thinking, does it influence the kidney? Absolutely. Absolutely. Remember, um, you know, here I'm going back to that gatekeeper yes. um, kind of scenario. Um, the bouncer mm-hmm. will allow you in. And when the club becomes too full, he stops people or he shows them away. Now, in America, I don't, I've never seen it here in South Africa, but in America, mm-hmm. you would often be in a bar or a club and suddenly they stop the music okay. for one simple reason. The club was too full and a fire marshal came in and he did it, a, a, a count. And um, every kind of club was designed it can only have so many people inside and you know what when it um, exceeds that number it becomes a fire hazard yes. a health hazard now that's what your gut does okay. the gut will allow a certain amount of the product into the body and it will stop the rest from entering or it will throw everyone out. Hmm. And the risk with certain medications is because you've taken the fire marshal away, you can, with a little bit of uh, something that causes a panic, cause a stampede, and you can be one of the people that are trampled. So, you know, that's, that's what we need to understand. We, you need to have a very clear understanding of underlying medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Someone with heart failure, someone with a kidney disease or kidney failure, um, you can't overload them with fluid. 200 mils of fluid can literally push someone over the edge. Mm. Um, it, it puts strain on the heart. It elevates the blood pressure. If your kidneys aren't functioning and clearing fluid out of the system fast enough, you overload the kidney and now you start getting swelling and edema, which elevates the blood pressure further. Your limb system starts shutting down. You can create uh, not only allergic reactions, but shut down cascades, um, antioxidants, et cetera, et cetera, are good for us. But, you know, at the moment that it, it's unregulated, it can shut down systems and be fatal. And can you develop vitamin toxicity? Absolutely. Absolutely. So how would I know? That I can develop vitamin toxicity. I'm just thinking if I'm a regular pill popper, and I'm meaning supplement like my my multivites and etc. And I still I feel it doesn't work for me, but I'm still taking it every day. And I go in for a 
for a nutrient therapy drip. Is that the scenario where you can develop vitamins of toxicity? Yes, I, I, Elise, I think one of the things that um, we underestimate is the body's ability to create homeostasis, in other words, balance. Mm -hmm. So um, when you have too many vitamins, the body will try and excrete them, yeah. either through the liver, if it's a, a fat-soluble um, vitamin, um, or through the kidneys and the gut if it's a water-soluble thing. People can present with skin rashes, they can develop fevers, they can um, develop tremors, etc, etc. They can drop their blood pressure because of vitamins that are too high. But the body is going to start trying to excrete them. So, you know what, I... I if I, you have a healthy body. If you have a healthy body. But in doing so, you put so much strain on your excretory and filtration organs mm. that you create damage in them. I think the one that um, is more dangerous is overdosing on the metals, the magnesiums, the potassiums, the calciums, iron, etc., etc., because that's far more difficult to excrete. So um, if we look at potassium, for instance, it's, it's one of our more dangerous IVs that we can do. If someone's um, potassium levels are too high, they go into cardiac arrest. Yes. When potassium levels are too high, they go into cardiac arrest. Uh, uh, too low, they can go into cardiac arrest. Calcium does exactly the same because it's part of or it's essential in contractility of muscle. Magnesium, for instance, can start accumulating in the brain. Zinc, you can have zinc toxicity, starts accumulating in the tissues. Iron toxicity, um, where you create hemochromatosis, where iron starts depositing in your solid organs. So these are kidneys, liver, uh, your spleen, etc., etc. So, um, yes, you can develop a toxicity, um, which is very difficult to treat. Um, the way that we treat metal toxicity is with chelation therapy. And chelation therapy in itself has, has um, severe side effects. And that's also IV therapy. It's also IV therapy, but you can try and chelate orally. Mm. Uh, it just takes a, a, a far longer time. Okay. And then, okay, we understand the risks. Then there's local risks like infections, infection, site embolism, <clears throat> embolism blood clots yeah. or air or whatever. I want to go into the benefits of IV therapy. I think, you know what, we, we go back um, when you say, what are the benefits of IV therapy? So let's start with what conditions can benefit from IV therapy? You know what? Or we, lifestyle or things like that. Fatigue, your immune system, detoxification of organs. You know what? I find... That is um, where your main benefits are, and I think that's why most people will use it. Um, deficiencies in trace elements, um, 
definitely. Um, in today's society, we don't see the scurvies and those kind of things that often. Um, diets, diets definitely have improved. Um, but any kind of condition that stems from a dysfunctional gut mm-hmm. um, will benefit highly from intravenous therapy. If the gut is compromised, you don't absorb properly. If your gut is leaky, in other words, um, the junctions between the individual cells um, are opening. So think of a brick wall. Mm -hmm. So you see the bricks and in between the bricks you have a mortar. Mm-hmm. And that keeps everything nice and and um, stable and waterproof and windproof. But if you start uh, degrading that mortar and the grout, you create little openings. And now the wind can blow through there and water can leak through it. And that happens in your gut as well. When the gut starts becoming compromised and the permeability of the gut is compromised. Some of this metals, the nutrients, um, the vitamins starts leaking out of the gut, in other words, out of the tube into the surrounding tissue where it shouldn't be. Mm. They're supposed to be in the blood. So if it's in the tissue, the body starts creating um, and seeing them as foreign substances, as toxins. And you're going to start getting inflammation and yep. an immune response mm. against that. So for patients with uh, diverticulosis or Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, um, with certain kind of ulcers, um, you know what, IV nutrient therapy will allow them to absorb these nutrients directly into the bloodstream without it causing further problems in the intestinal tissue. One thing that uh, uh, Simpiwe mentioned, that when she feels fatigue, she, she would often think of going for an IV drip. But I think a, prop, a popular thing for younger people or people to go for these drips is for hangovers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Because um, it does the job. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? I, I go back to the days when I was still a student or an intern in, in hospitals. And um, you will come in on a Sunday morning for your um, for your call. Mm-hmm. And you will see a couple of patients with little um, with IVs and little brown paper bags yes. over the IVs. Yellow fluid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and um, you knew immediately this is this is a patient with acute alcohol poisoning. Yeah, um, and you know what? For the hangover drips, so let's let's see what alcohol. Actually, let's take a look at what alcohol does. Mm-hmm. So, two main things. Yeah. Alcohol is a diuretic. So, you dehydrate. Mm-hmm. Although you're drinking a lot, yeah. you still dehydrate. So, yeah. you have 
intracellular dehydration. So think about what happens when I leave water, salty water, mm -hmm. outside in the sun. It's going to turn into brine and eventually it's going to turn into salt. So you have all these um, nutrients and electrolytes. And here we're thinking of potassium and chloride and magnesium and calcium and potassium that is in the intracellular fluid. Now, if you decrease that intracellular fluid, the body goes into a dehydration. It's got to do with osmolarity and osmolality and blah, blah, blah. So the body is trying to equal it out. Yes. So you're going to start pulling water into the cells because, you know what, it's too salty. And then you start dehydrating and now you're starting to put severe strain on your kidneys and you put severe strain on your heart. So the mainstay for treating a hangover is get fluids into the body. Mm -hmm. Now, the second thing that alcohol does is it causes a hypoglycemia. So it lowers the blood glucose levels. And you know what? Now you can't just give him normal fluid. You have to give him something that contains sugar. In other words, we would give him a dextrose strip mm -hmm. so that, you know, it, you elevate the sugar levels. Otherwise, these people go into a hypoglycemic coma. You can, you can suppress your sugar levels completely. And that's why it's dangerous for diabetics, specifically type 1 diabetics, to consume a lot of alcohol. Now, in those drips, we would also add high doses of B vitamins. Um, because the B vitamins are there to help detoxify um, the ethanol that's still in the system. So that, that's the mainstay of, of IV supplementation, or in this case, it's not even supplementation. It's, it's correcting, it's <laughs> yeah. correcting the fluid balance. Yeah. So you know, for hangover, All you basically need is you need lots of fluids, mm -hmm. you need some sugar, and you need B vitamins. And that's why we called it the, the yellow drip, because B vitamins are usually of a, a, a yellow color. A, a vitamin B complex is, is, is yellow. Okay, and then the benefit for sportsmen before big events. So, you know what, if we think of what sports people do, when they train hard they lose a lot of fluid, mm -hmm. which you cannot replace orally. Or you can't sufficiently replace it orally. Mm -hmm. So optimal hydration, intracellular hydration for peak sports performance mm -hmm. is essential. Now, your body is also working overtime. Mm -hmm. So it requires far more nutrients. Um, you are going to put strain on the body, creating a, um, a, a stress reaction. Mm -hmm. And therefore your requirements of vitamins and minerals and trace elements and enzymes increases. So if you are training for something like for comrades, you know, with the amount of training that you put in 
decreases performance. So you will often find that endurance athletes would stop training hard a week or two before the main event. So instead of pushing time and instead of they will focus on a little bit of technique and you know what, they would do a 10K run um, when they a day instead of a normal 20 kilometer run, etc. So it's, it's um, for sportsmen, especially for endurance events or big events, optimal hydration and optimal nutritional supplementation, vitamin C, calcium, magnesium, potassium, glutathione um, becomes essential. And it's not only before the event. It's also after the event Mm -hmm. because the body has used up all its resources and you will be dehydrated. Um, So, you know, but the benefit for people that that are training, for instance, for the Argus and want to perform well at the Argus or the 94.7 or the Cape Epic Mm -hmm. um, comrades, those kind of things, so I need to see optimal um, nutritional and intravenous uh, supplementation um, has a very, very big enhancing effect. And, you know, because these things are safe and they're not banned substances, it's not doping. It's optimizing. Yeah. So if you go on social media, internet, anywhere, um, IV therapy is being recommended for a few conditions. Uh, the ones that I've read up on is diabetes, cardiovascular disease, um, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, why I'm saying going here is I have a, a hesitancy about these conditions that are being mentioned on um, social media or what, on the web because that brings us back to if you go somewhere into any bar, ivy bar, whatever, shop in the shopping mall, mm-hmm. um, the risk of going for, I've got depression, can you please give me a drip? So, you know what, you need to understand what are they going to put in that drip. Um, no, but do you how as does a lay person understand? No. So, you know what, you need to understand the benefit of cobalamin and um, which is a B vitamin and niacin and all of those kind of things. Thionine. Thionine on brain function. You know, but these are amino acids. Um, They're not vitamins, they're amino acids. And amino acids are what we use to make proteins and molecules from. Um, So, yes, it, it can have a beneficial role, but only if it's done by a medical practitioner exactly. that understands the, um, your, your history, your underlying condition, the medications that you're currently taking because these, these amino acids, these vitamins will have interaction with the medication that you're taking. They can either potentiate them, in other words, exasperate the effect, or they can neutralize them. So... Um, you you can't do this safely without having had a medical consultation and a prescription specifically for you. Now, 
some of the things that we need to understand is all these intravenous fluids, they need to be compounded in a sterile environment, under sterile conditions, packed properly, stored properly, for them to be, number one, safe, and number two, to be effective. Um, when, you, when you say cardiovascular disease, if you have cardiovascular disease, if you have a fast pulse rate, or you have elevated blood pressure, and I put fluid in directly into your vein, you know what, I'm immediately changing your blood pressure. I can dilute um, the electrolytes that are there, um, creating a suction effect. If you dilute salt mm -hmm. and you put a membrane, which is a blood vessel, in between two different salinities, water is going to flow from the less salty to the more salty component. So you, you, you can lose fluid from the vessel into the tissue and the other way around. Um, you know, you can start drawing more fluid into the tissue because you've added electrolytes into the blood vessel and that's going to change your blood pressure. So with, with diabetes, you know what, I would be very careful with diabetic patients because the last thing uh, you want to do is you want to further compromise their kidney function. Most diabetics have some form of kidney disease or kidney dysfunction and putting strain on the kidneys by overloading the vascular system with more fluid is very detrimental to these people. On the contrary, it can also have a beneficial effect, but you need to understand where you are before you start. Yeah. So I do get that. Let's get to where, why IV therapy? Why? So How do I benefit? I, I want to refer to one of the, of the IV therapies that we do very often in our practice, and that's intravenous iron supplementation or intravenous iron replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. um, it's a dangerous procedure to do because you can have allergic and anaphylactic reactions against mm -hmm. that, um, of which... Um, I've had one myself, and Sister Elise uh, saw what, what happened, and she had to manage her condition. So why intravenous iron, for instance? There's a couple of conditions that leads to iron deficiency. Number one, you don't take in iron. So this often happens in patients who are completely vegan. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Uh, or vegetarian, and they don't get a lot of leafy greens. The second one is when you start losing iron, and here we look at, at women specifically. On a monthly basis, you have a menstrual cycle, and you lose blood, red blood cells, and red blood cells contain iron. So if you don't take insufficient iron, you're going to start decreasing your iron stores, and eventually you'll go into iron deficiency and then you'll become anemic. 
there are other conditions, patients who donate blood on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Again, we remove blood from the tissue and, um, you know what, or, or blood from a system, which means that we remove iron. If you don't replace the iron, you're going to go into iron deficiency. Certain medications cause it. Obesity causes it. And simply, listen, iron deficiency is far more prevalent in patients of darker Fitzpatrick skin color, so black patients and dark Indian patients. Mm. Um, so if you take iron orally, we have two problems. Number one, the body is bad at absorbing iron mm. out of the gut. Iron supplementation in the form of tablets, you might absorb up to 10% of what you've taken in. So you take 400 milligrams of elemental iron in tablet form and you might actually only absorb 40 milligrams. Sure. Um, and, and that's a problem. Secondly, iron causes constipation. So someone, um, you know what, with iron deficiency already has a compromised gut function and now you're constipating them. It, it actually is incredibly difficult to treat it orally. Now, for some patients, it works well. I, I think men uh, are able to take iron a little bit easier orally. Than, orally than women. But the moment that you do an intravenous iron supplementation, that iron is already in the bloodstream and it immediately goes to where it's needed. It immediately starts replenishing your total iron stores. It replenishes the body's iron saturation. So there's great benefit in intravenous therapy if you use it for the correct indication and if you use it safely because things can go horribly wrong in the blink of an eye. Um, again, and I want to reiterate this, when you want to offer IV therapy in a medical practice, all of us are required to do a further diploma in intravenous therapy. Um, you know, it there's a lot of guys that really know what they're doing as general practitioners, et cetera, et cetera. And yes, they can do it safely. But we are still required, if you want to offer the service specifically, to have a further qualification to do this. Um, and you need to be able to manage a complication like allergic reactions. You need to have a crash trolley with emergency drugs. You need to have done um, basic, life, basic support. life support courses um, on a regular basis. We have to do them. As a medical practitioner, I have to do a, a basic life support every two years two years. And you know what, when you start with IV therapy, you actually have to do an advanced life support course. Um, the benefits are great. Um, and it really works. When can they see the benefit? And I'm not talking iron, I'm talking basic nutrient therapy, IV therapy. You know what? Also, is this ongoing? Like, can I just get like one treatment and then I'm good? Or is it like... 
you have to come back for more and so once you start, it doesn't stop. You, you can start seeing the benefit fairly quickly. Um, maybe uh, if it's if hydration is an issue, uh, you know, but the moment that that drip is in, you're going to start feeling better because mm-hmm. your hydration is, is better. Your kidneys are coping better. Your brain is better hydrated. Your blood pressure will stabilize. Your pulse rate will come down. Um, if the condition is severe, if it's severe nutritional depletion, it can take longer. When we're working on things like energy, here we're looking at mitochondrial function, and for this we use things like glutathione, um, it takes a little bit longer. Another product that we use is NAD, um, which also works on mitochondrial function and mitochondrial energy. And that's a series of, of IVs spaced weeks apart. So, you know, what you might do uh, uh, optimal uh, nutrient drip. Uh, here you'd think of your Myers cocktails um, as a start, and then you will go over to an NAD and you will repeat a, a, a normal vitamin drip, and then you'll do an NAD again. Um, there's some of the other conditions that we look at, and that's for skin brightening. Mm-hmm. And here we use glutathione and vitamin C. And you know what? These are drips that you need to do maybe even twice a week for a series of four to eight weeks. Um, the function behind glutathione, it's, it's a brilliant antioxidant, um, but it also inhibits tyrosinase, and tyrosinase is. Uh, part of how we form pigmentation in the skin. So you can suppress tyrosinase with that. It really depends on the underlying condition. And again, this is why, you know what, walking into a store and picking something off a menu, you don't know what the protocol should be. You don't know whether this is really appropriate for you. Um, you know, if you want to do something like that, Go to a medical practitioner, um, address your concerns. This is what I'm feeling, blah, blah, blah. Because it might be something completely different and uh, underlying condition that you're not aware of. And yes, you know what, that practitioner can prescribe intravenous therapy for you depending on your medical condition, your history, the medication that you're taking, and ultimately the diagnosis that you have. Okay, from my side as the one that administers these drips under doctor's prescription, um, there was there's a few things that patients can look out for after the IV therapy, and that is possible headache. Of, yes, that is absolutely. because of the detoxification process. Yeah. Um, tiredness, especially two to three hours after the IV therapy, and this is all normal. It's all normal. Okay. Yeah, because that's part of your body adjusting to yeah. this energy so that it's getting now. There's a shift in fluids mm-hmm. throughout the body. Stuff that was extracellular, in, outside of the blood of the cell, can move into the cell, and that changes your electrolyte levels inside the cell. But it also happens in the blood vessel. 
um, and in the blood cells themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know, but that's one of the one of the major. Yeah, and the other thing is, don't expect miracles immediately. What you do feel like Dr. Mark said is the dehydration is being uplifted after an IV drip. But the benefits of the minerals and the vitamins and the nutritions, will you, you will only see three to four days after the yeah. IV Because you, you not only replenish, but now you restore function. Yes. And mm-hmm. that takes a little bit of time. Hmm. Yeah, so to answer your question, the best way is not to do it more than once a week, okay. preferably every second week. Okay. Yeah. And that was my story. I think we are done. Yes, and Piwe has given Elise Velasso <laughs> for a change instead of me. So let's let's just quickly go through this again. Yes. IV nutrient therapy has great benefits for multitude of conditions. Um, it came into the forefront with COVID where we all wanted to boost our immune system. Yes. And yes, it works. Um, basic drip that is used is called the Myers cocktail. It contains high doses of B vitamins, uh, B complex vitamins, um, vitamin C. It contains magnesium and it usually contains some potassium and calcium. Mm. Now you can add a lot of stuff into it to make it a bespoke treatment for the patient. Know that there are risks involved. You can have allergic reactions, you can have overload, etc etc so you need a very good understanding of your medical history it can have interactions with the medications that you are currently taking so that needs to be taken into an account it can only be done by a registered medical professional and he can in other words a doctor and he can instruct his assistant, a nurse, to put the IV in, but it still requires a prescription. To give you an idea, if I order intravenous components, I have to order it by name for an individual patient. So think about it. If you go into one of these intravenous drip bar stores, did the doctor see you? Did he prescribe the stuff that is in there as it's required by medical law? And if that is not the case, you are in the wrong place. If you can pick something off the menu, you are in the wrong place. Okay? So um, if you are interested in IV therapy, there are registered medical practitioners that do offer these services. They are effective and it can be done safe. Um, or if you want to know more, contact us at the T Clinic. We're in Bryanston, Johannesburg. Um, and our contact number is 010-824-1393. Until next week, when we'll be back talking about... Um, Nutritional uh, nutritional uh, deficiencies with Nikki Roberts. Um, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. 
The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.